Welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 188, and this is a direct follow-up to yesterday's episode. It's going to be entitled, Fighting Becomes a Just Cause. Yes, the total phrase being, when criminals make the laws, fighting them becomes a just cause. And before I go any further, let me just say, I I know this is kind of tough. I, I know this, you know, my quote-unquote fan base is maybe like, where's Stephen going with this? He's, you know, whatever. Back to blue, back to blue. Yeah, okay, okay, listen. This is my disclaimer. My family and my wife's family have a lot of people in law enforcement. I mean, no disrespect to them or any of the other good people that have worn the badge past or present and potentially future. And those badges come in various uh, sizes, shapes, whatever, and functions, right? If they are good men and women and they keep their oath, I want them there. I appreciate them there. We don't get to have a nice society without them there. However, that requires them to be willing to say no. That requires them to be able to get rid of the quote-unquote bad apples, which apparently is difficult at best, particularly when you have unions and organizations that work, uh, we'll just say, for effective bargaining. So again, that was my disclaimer. Secondarily, let me just say, especially after the wake of recent events in the world, I am a healthy male, not quite middle-aged, and I didn't kill myself. So if something should happen in the near future, I didn't do it to myself. And I don't think I have any health problems that would have made me fall asleep and not wake up if you catch my drift. That being said, when there is a abuse of power, we are morally obligated to speak out against it. In fact, you may have recalled that I've spent a great deal of time going through a number of books that justify Christian's resistance to bad law. Christian Christian resistance to tyranny. Christian resistance to abuse. Now, I know, I know, there's all the acolytes out there. They're going to run around with Romans 13 and 2 Peter, whatever, don't care. I've heard the arguments. I've, I know the rebuttals, more or less. I, I don't care anymore. That's not the government we have or we chose for ourselves. And if we're going to continue to just do nothing and say nothing when we are the sovereigns and we have a constitution that is supposed to take the place of the king, yet we're going to have a hundred little kings, that is not what I signed up for. That is not what the founding fathers and mothers, for that matter, signed up for. That's not what anybody really wants, much less a tyrant who wears a uniform. A tyrant that abuses power. And not all of them wear uniforms that abuse powers. Some wear robes. Some wear suits. So let's talk about it just a little bit. Now that I've done my disclaimer and said I'm not going to kill myself, let me say one last time. This is not what I want. I didn't wake up in the morning and say, hey, let's go pick a fight with the people that are supposed to generally protect society. Hey, let's go upset people that generally I appreciate No, that's not what I want at all. I can assure you that we would have had a gigantic mess in the last two years if it wasn't for the good people that put on the uniform. It would have been even worse 
if it wasn't for the other people that put on other uniforms. But we should remember the phrase, we're all in it together, is a useful tactic to getting people to accept abuse. To go along, to get along. To not question what's going on. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to play that game anymore. I'm going to fight the just cause. The just causes is when you pass laws that are not laws. When you issue edicts that you don't have the authority to do. When you abuse power. When you ignore restrictions on your authority. Looking at you, Governor Abbott. When you basically think that you can do anything you want to do until you get caught, that's a problem. You're wrong, and I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Now, you might say, well, Stephen, you're a little nothing. We don't care about you. That's right. You may say, hey, Stephen, well, you only reach another maybe 100 people. We don't care about you. You're not Rush Limbaugh, or you're not the other guy with 11 million. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. That's fine. That's fine. I don't pretend to be. I am just a little local host, a little fly in the ointment, if you will, a little stinging ant. You can crush me, but I imagine there's a thousand of my friends and relatives that are going to be paying attention when that happens, and they're going to get quite angry with you, and they're going to bite you. And you know, you can... Even if you don't die, you can be quite miserable by a lot of ant bites. Or better yet, bee stings. Though, that would imply that I was encouraging somebody to take violence. And uh, unlike the people that abuse power, I don't feel like we should use violence. The use of violence in defense of one's life, liberty, and property is proper but not called for yet at this time. It should be noted that like his alleged father, Trudeau is probably not going to give up power easily. And he's going to want to hold on for a very long time. But why would we expect anything different than our own little local dictators? Whether they're down in Austin or in Dallas County or in the city of McKinney, they like that power. They like what it gives them. They like the control, the authority, the air of importance. But we, the people, are the ones that gave it to them. And we can take it away. All we have to do is just say no. All we have to do is just not comply. You know, Chris Ann Hall talks about peaceful noncompliance being the most powerful weapon the populace has. And she's right. If there's thousands of us that just say, no, we will not comply, what are they going to do? Now, I mean, they could bring about the Holocaust 2.0. They, they could try and starve us out like the uh, Russians did to the Ukrainians. That's all true. They, they could do a cultural revolution and wipe out anybody that doesn't fit certain criteria like they did in China. But I'd like to believe that the majority of the people that are actually in this country, welcome or unwelcome, don't actually want that outcome. That they came here to flee from that kind of behavior in the way that those folks have solved problems. And I find it particularly ironic that the people that are in the positions of power that are abusing their power point to those that oppose them as being the fascists. They point to those that oppose them as being the violent extremists without actually giving a good definition of what, in fact, is an extremist. It's quite flexible. 
and elastic and can be used at anybody that doesn't fit the narrative. Isn't it special that those in power can stay in power just by abusing the system? And we, the people, believe we're powerless, but we're not. They could pass a law, but if we just all agree that, yeah, I don't think so, what are they going to do about it? You know, I've mentioned in past, there's this uh, little old thing called jury nullification. We're going to be bringing that up more. As a matter of fact, uh, my friends over at Constitutional Texans will probably be hosting a meeting with some of those folks here in the near future. You need to know the power you have as a juror. You need to know what you can do and what, even though the judge or an attorney might tell you otherwise, that is simply not the case. That is not why a jury exists. The jury exists to judge both the law as well as the facts of the case. And if it's a bad law, they can shut it down. Now, they call this a runaway jury. They they scream pejoratives at it, but the reality is, is it's one of the last checks against government abuse and usurpation of power. They talk about how, oh, we'd still have slavery. No, that's clearly not the case. (coughs) As a matter of fact, some of the most important cases that were determined by nullification and juries refusing to convict were to stop slavery and the fugitive slave laws. Some people have been fearful that it would bring about Oh, anarchy. Yeah, okay, whatever. Anarchy's not even real. We all know that nobody wants no no authority ever. The problem is, is you can, quote, have rules but not rulers. And that doesn't work very long because always somebody wants to be the ruler. The idea is you get a ruler in there and you just make sure that ruler doesn't have much authority. And you make sure everybody else can knock him off his pedestal if it's required to do so. Reminds me of uh, Mussolini for uh, that, if you will. Mussolini was all that in a bag of chips until he wasn't. And then he was found on a lamppost. It's a shame that uh, Mr. Castro didn't meet a similar fate. Like was once predicted in a sci-fi book I read a few years ago. Here is my guiding principle here. Laws are supposed to be made to protect society. To protect our rights, to protect our property, and to protect our lives. When the laws that are made don't actually do that, when they intrude upon our lives, when they make it more difficult to express our life, our liberty, and our property, by express I mean utilize, right? Um, That's the problem. Therein lies the rub. That's where you need to fight back. And by fight back, it comes in many shapes and forms. And to be clear, to be absolutely clear. Sorry, got a little frog in the throat there. To be crystal clear. No, no, no. Do not act out in a violent way. It's not time not the place, and it doesn't make sense. It won't end well. You will lose. 
We will all lose if you do this. So don't do it. But what can you do short of that? Well, we've already talked about non-compliance. We've already talked about getting on a juror and doing your job. The other thing you can do, if you have your children in a government school, pull them out. If you can't afford a private school, which I know, I did it for a while. It's expensive. It's especially expensive now. And you don't have the time and energy to homeschool. Well, first I'd tell you, perhaps you need to reevaluate. But if that doesn't work, man, you can start a little local co-op. It's pretty easy. Are your children worth it is the real question. My daughters were worth it for me to put them in private school. That stung. It, it was a large chunk of change, but they were worth it. They were worth every penny of it. And I would do it again. But now that I know what I know, maybe I would have opted to do the homeschool thing. Take your kids out of the government indoctrination camps. That's one thing that you can do. And if you're a grandparent and you're retired, maybe you should be educating your grandchildren. Maybe you should take the grandchildren in and spend time with them. I think you care a lot more about them than even the best teacher. And again, we're talking about people that wear a badge or wear a uniform. I'll I'll lump teachers in with that. We appreciate what they do. The good ones are very valuable. But the reality is, is they're not your children. You don't care about them like you would care for your own children. What I'm saying is, if you're a parent and your child doesn't fit in that little bandwidth of the mediocre child, your kid's not getting what's best for them there. Now, there are special classes and special things set up for people that need special help. That's fine. But not every school offers that. Not every district's interested in doing that. And private schools that deal with that are very expensive. But you know what? If you got a grandparent or you got a sister or a brother that doesn't have to work, they're retired, semi-retired, maybe they're just done well for themselves, work together. Take care of your family. Take care of your neighbors. This is about the community. You're taking away that authority and that power that they've indoctrinated multiple generations of our children to not question, to just obey without thinking. Whether you want to see it as a brave new world situation or whether you want to see it as the Fahrenheit 451 world or whether you want to see it as 1984. It really doesn't matter. In each dystopian novel, there are bad situations put upon the people as a whole. And they're sold as being what's best for you. And from the outside looking in, we can see that, oh, that's terrible. We want to live in that. But we're there now. We're on the cusp of embracing, at the very least, a brave new world. To a lesser extent, for in Fahrenheit 451 or perhaps um, 1984. But those are not goals. Those are not things that we should be desiring. Yet, that's where we're at. And all we have to do is say no. Just don't comply. Now, here's the tricky situation. Some say by voting that you're complicit. Some say by voting you're giving your acknowledgement of that authority, that you're you're going along with the narrative, that you're ceding your authority. Well, that may be true in the most strict sense. 
But the reality is, is to sit on the sidelines, to not be involved, is to let somebody else decide for you. We're going to have government, whether you want it or not. The question is, is how bad is it? How big is it? And what I would suggest to you is, show up and vote for the least bad. Now, I know that sucks, I mean, but we've been doing it for decades. But you know what? Go on better. If you're, if your jurisdiction doesn't offer a none of the above, vote for the third party. Let it be known that you're not happy with the status quo. Now, look, I live in Collin County and I got to say pretty much everything in Collin County is pretty nice. The city, eh, school district, ugh. but the county is good. The state, even with the abuse of power Abbott in place, isn't that terrible. So much better than the rest of the states, but that doesn't mean we can't be better. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be better. So I've told you, you don't comply. You take advantage of the jury. Pull your kids out of the school. Well, what else can you do? Focus on your community and your church. Build that community. Know your neighbors. Know your extended family. Do not be dependent on the system. That is what they've been doing all these years is they're making us dependent in one way or another. Some people are dependent for that check. Some people are dependent for that job. Some people are dependent for that retirement. Some people are dependent for just the security that's being offered. Let's go back for just a second. If you're wearing a badge or a uniform in support of our government, in support of our law enforcement agencies, in support of public order, you're fulfilling a need. But what happens when you're given an order that you know violates the Constitution? What happens when you're given an unlawful order? What are you going to do? I mean, we need people to do those jobs. We don't necessarily have to like it, but we acknowledge that there's a proper role for this. So the question is to you, what are you going to do? Are you going to just worry about your pension? Are you just going to worry about, well, you know, I got to feed the family. So never mind the constitution, never mind the right thing to do. I'm just going to follow orders. It only works for so long. As the folks in Nuremberg found out, they have stiff consequences. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're anywhere near Nuremberg. But wouldn't you like to deal with it now before we get closer to that? Wouldn't you like to change course now so we can avoid that altogether? I'd like to not experience the depression in World War II from the German point of view. Or for that matter, the Russian point of view. As bad as things were here, and as fascistic as Roosevelt chose to make them. We just never got that bad. Now, look, I know, I know there are certain segments of society that got it really bad. I'm talking about the overall arching theme of things. The vast majority of the people were far better off here than those other countries. That doesn't excuse what happened to those that were not. But I can't deal in absolute everybody always equal. That just doesn't happen. That's not real. That's not reality. As much as we can profess all men are created equal, we know that's not true. Michael Jordan is a far better basketball player, probably a far better golfer, and definitely a better baseball player than I will ever be. And that doesn't bother me in the least. 
Elon Musk is much better at manipulating the system and much more creative and inventive than I am. And that doesn't bother me in the least. I want to be able to live my life with as little interference from government or Yankees as I possibly can. And for those of that are confused, I'm using Yankee in the Brian McClanahan definition. If you're not sure what that is, please go listen to Brian McClanahan's podcast. And while you're at it, if you really want an education on the Constitution, go listen to Chris Ann Hall's podcast. That being said, if you really want to blow your mind, go look up Tom Woods' podcast. But that being said, moving on. We live in the least bad state in the union, save for maybe Florida. But we have the opportunity to be better. I've given you some easy steps to get us there. I've given you some easy things to do to prevent worse things from happening. Well, I don't necessarily want to say all the lawmakers are criminals. It has not escaped my notice that several of them are embroiled in, let's just say, scandalous behavior or or have legal woes. And that's on both sides of the aisle. And that's on mm, the local level up to the federal level, for that matter. That's because these people are human, just like you and I. We all fail. Sometimes we fail big, sometimes we fail small, sometimes we fail privately, sometimes we fail very publicly. What I'm suggesting to you is everybody needs an opportunity to repent. Everybody needs an opportunity to change their ways. It's when they don't. It's when they continue down that path, when they double down, that they're the problem. They have outed themselves and we need to deal with them. We need to take their authority away. We don't reward them with yet another term in office. We don't reward them with yet more power, more authority that's unchecked. We just have to say no. We have to peacefully non-comply with whatever the latest ridiculous order may be. And like the folks in Canada of all places have showed us, that it really freaks out the government when you don't do what they tell you to do. Now, unfortunately, the folks in Canada don't have a final, ooh, I was almost going to say something that was very bad. They don't have ultimate means of resolution that we do. Let's hope we don't ever have to use it. Let's hope that we don't have to enact the Second Amendment for what it truly exists for. Let us hope that we can talk sanity back into our leaders. Let us hope that We can rein in the abuse. Let us hope that we can bring this back to reality. For those of you that are believers, I suggest that when you do your prayers, whether it's in the morning or at night or once a week or whatever suits your purpose, that you just add the simple request God, show me what's the best way to save Texas. Or if you prefer, save America. What's the best way I can protect and provide for my family? And what's the best way that I can represent 
you and how I deal with these abuses of power. Everybody's going to get a different answer. Not everybody's going to be on the same page as old Callus here. Not everybody's going to say, oh, you're the man. Let's do this. And I don't want that. Everybody needs to come to their own conclusion. Come to their own answer. And be confident of what they believe and why they believe it. And then be willing to stand on their own two feet. And you know what? You're going to find other people there with you. You're going to find people that are close enough to align with you that are going to say no. That are going to be willing to stand there and face the onslaught of the attack. Because we will be fighting a just cause. And while we might end up smeared under the tank treads, or while we might end up visiting Fort Marcy Park, or while we might end up in Guantanamo, we all need to remember that this is only allowed to happen because we did nothing to prevent it. There are people sitting in a jail outside of D.C., for nothing more than a criminal trespass charge. Oh, they drummed up a whole lot of other stuff to go along with that. But the only thing they actually did was trespass. And whether or not it was even criminal is in question. Yet they've been held for a year, some of them, with no formal charges, with no right to see an attorney. They have suspended habeas corpus, which is supposed to be the baseline right. And we tolerate it. Our congressman tolerated. Our governor tolerates it. And what can we do other than bring it to their attention? Any man that's an elected official that's in the state of Texas, and this goes for women too, that isn't willing to call out our federal government and their abuse of taking these people and holding them, suspending effectively habeas corpus, isn't worthy of your vote. You should consider that too. We are the sovereigns. We granted authority through the states, through the constitution to the federal government to do a limited number of functions. And I can tell you right now that an enormous percentage of what our federal government does, they have zero authority to be doing. But the only reason they can get away with it is because we say nothing. We do nothing. And not in the positive way of peaceful noncompliance, but in the apathetic, oh well, way. And until we say no, until we elect people at the state level that say, no, that's not your authority. We're not going to allow you to do that. We're going to be stuck here forever and ever. And that boot better get used to it because it's never going to go away if you don't do something now well we still can and with that my friends this is according to callus and i will see you on the other side